Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Well, good. Well, I'm so glad you're here. And uh, as, as you're aware, there's a lot of changes going on, but we're excited. And uh, we're in this series, Seeking God. And I find it interesting that we're in this season. I've been saying for uh, a number of months that, that I felt like God was bringing a reset to us as a church. And so we're in the midst of that. And I think seeking God is a critical part of us getting through any season that we're in. And today I've been teaching on God's Word the last, this will be the third week. So if you've missed any of these sermons, I encourage you to go back online and watch those or podcast those. And uh, I want to correct something that I said last week. I, I was talking about Proverbs 22.6, and I quoted Proverbs 22.7. So just, uh, you know, whenever I, yeah, I know, it happens, it happens. Sometimes I'm, I'm talking and there's other things going on, running in the background here. So it's 22.6, direct your children onto the right path, and when they're older, they will not leave it. And I'm so pleased with uh, our children's ministry, our teachers, and our children back there. They're learning, they're growing, and they're developing their own relationship with the Lord. So for this series, I've been using sort of a key scripture. It's found in Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes the innermost thoughts and desires. And so the Word of God, as I talked about the last couple of weeks, is multifaceted in reaching into our lives and, and bringing a greater revelation and understanding to us. My first point this morning is find a Bible translation that you like and will actually read. Because <laughs> I've talked to people and they're like, you know, I read the Bible, but I just really don't understand it. And so today's teaching is going to be a little bit different because I want to talk about translations. The original text was in the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, uh, and it was on scrolls. So they didn't have books and chapters and verses like we have. And the New Testament was written in Greek or Aramaic, and again, uh, scrolls and then later books. So when, when we look at the Bible today, we find chapter John chapter 1, verse 1, and they were just all on scrolls prior to, at some point in time, I didn't do the research to find out when they started putting books together, but that's how we're reading our Bible now with the chapters and the, the verses. The Bible is translated, has been translated into over 700 languages, uh, so that would be English, Latin, and all of those. The New Testament has been translated into greater than 1,500 languages. So when, when we talk about the Bible, um, let, me, let me pose this. If you could read or write or understand Hebrew or Greek, how would you express in words and in thoughts those things in English? you would have to translate, right, from Hebrew or Greek into English. And so that's what the writers have done. That's what scholars have done. And there's, I wish I had a chart, but I don't have that chart on, we don't have it, I, we couldn't find it. But anyway, there's a chart that kind of talks about the different translations. Some are more word for word, and some are more thought for thought, and some are kind of a hybrid in between. And so there are dozens of accurate translations of the Bible because, again, they go to the original Greek or Hebrew and they translate it into English. 
And so the different translations would be like a man translating or a woman translating. <laughs> it's supposed to be a joke. Okay. Anyway, uh, in translation, uh, from male to female, there can be gaps, right? And so in translations, it's a matter of choosing the right word to fit that phrasing or that, uh, the context. And so, um, you know, sometimes we can look at the scriptures and, and not get the full meaning of it unless we read it maybe in multiple translations. And again, uh, there are a lot of good translations out there. We typically use the New Living Translation because I find it's, it's, it's really accurate. It's very easy to read. And it's easy to understand. Again, if you have a Bible and you're not reading it or you don't understand it, it's not doing you much good. So I encourage everyone to get a a good uh, study Bible. I think I'm getting ahead of myself here. But uh, just because there are different interpretations uh, or gaps doesn't mean it's, it's wrong. It's just translated differently. So... You have to think about when you're reading scripture, who was, who was the letter, like in the New Testament, most of those were letters that Paul was writing to different churches or different people. So who was Paul writing to? Who was the scripture written to? Who was the Bible written to, the particular chapter or book that you're reading in? And what was going on? Were the people in captivity? Were they free? Had they wandered away from the Lord? What was going on in their environment? Um, in English... There are several different words for, uh, well, let me put it this way. There are synonyms, right? And so you can have uh, the same word that has, has, you can have different words with the same meaning. So, for instance, if, if we look at the word deep, what does that mean? If you say, oh, that's deep. That could mean a number of different things, right? If you're talking about uh, water, it could be a deep, a, a deep uh water or ocean or whatever, if you're talking about maybe you're having a conversation with someone and you can say, oh, that was deep, man. Wow, that was really heavy. <laughs> uh, so you, synonyms could be deep, bottomless, to ponder, heartfelt, sincere. And so it's the same with, with any, any language, right? You have, you have different nuances to different words. And uh, like there were several words uh, in the Greek for love. Uh, agape is unconditional. Uh, it means to prefer, like God's love for us. So when we look at, at a, uh, the different words in Greek, they didn't just have one word. Another word that they had was phileo, which meant brotherly or uh, like friendship kind of love. And then another one was eros. It was passionate, intimate, uh, like a man and a woman uh, would have toward one another, romantic, uh, Erotic comes from the word eros. Uh, so you, get the, you understand that there were different words that were used in the Bible for love, where we just have one word for love. I love Coca-Cola. I love my wife. I love that oak tree, man. What's wrong with you? No, you know, uh, I love that flower. I love whatever. And so uh, in English, we really just have one word for love. Um, in John chapter 18, Jesus has been taken into captivity Peter has denied Jesus three times. Uh, Jesus has been crucified, and he's risen, um, and he appears to the disciples. And then uh, Jesus appears a third time to the disciples when they were fishing. And Jesus has this conversation with Peter. And he says, do you love me more than these? Uh, 
Now, this is after Peter has denied Jesus three times, right? You remember that story? Do you know Jesus? No, I don't know that guy. I don't know who that is. I think you were with him. No, I don't know him. I don't know him. And uh, this, this followed on the heels of, of Peter saying, hey, I'll, I'll die for you. I'll, I'll, go to, I'll go to the grave for you, Jesus. And Jesus said, well, the fact is before the, the rooster crows in the morning, you'll deny me three times. And so this was after that encounter where Peter had denied Jesus. And so then he, he, he has this encounter with, G, uh, with Peter again. And uh, in, this is found in Matthew, I mean, in John 21, 15 through 17. And Jesus says to Peter, do you love me more than these? And I would guess that he's talking about the other disciples. But he uses the word agapeo here. Do you love me? Do you love me more than these? And this word agapeo means unconditional love. It's the kind of love that God has for us. And so we know that uh, Peter answers, he says, I love you with phileo love. Phileo, again, meaning to show warm affection or friendship or brotherly love. So Jesus is saying, you love me with an unconditional love. And Peter says, well, I love you like a brother. And so Jesus asked him again, he says, do you love me with agapeo love? And Peter says, well, I love you like a brother. I love you with phileo love. And so then a third time, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me with phileo love? And Peter says, Lord, you know everything. I love you with phileo love. I love you with a brotherly kind of love. See, there was something that happened that Peter understood where he had said, Lord, I'll go to the cross for you. I'll, I'll die for you. And, and Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times by the time the morning comes. And so Jesus is speaking something to Peter. He's saying, do you love me with unconditional love? And I think Peter realized, hey, I can't, I can't love Jesus I'm not going to try to buffalo him. I'm going to tell him the truth. Well, Jesus, I, I love you with phileo love. I can't go to that agapeo love thing. I, I just can't go there, Jesus. And Jesus asked him again, do you love me with agapeo love? And Peter's like, no, nah, well, I, I love you, but with phileo love. And then the third time, Jesus says, do you love me with phileo love? Jesus is wanting to meet us where we are. There are people out there in the world that are just scratching the surface of this relationship. And they're not going to have the kind of intimacy and, and uh, intimate relationship with Jesus that we have, maybe that we've been walking with the Lord for years. But it's all about this relationship, and Jesus is wanting to meet us where we are. He's wanting to meet all of us where we are, because we all have issues. If you don't think you do, ask your spouse. They'll let you know you have some issues. But God is working in our hearts and lives, and he's doing something. And so he has this encounter. Peter has this encounter with Jesus. So that's kind of a secondary point, because really I'm, I'm talking, I wanted to talk about translations, because I want us to understand, we're talking about seeking God during the series. And listen, if we're not studying the Bible, if we're not reading the Bible, if we're not understanding the Bible, that's critical to our relationship and our walk with the Lord because it is, as I've talked about, the Bible is like our, our, uh, our map. It's our owner's manual because we all need help navigating through life. And so I want to talk about a few of the different translations of the Bible. The King James Version is more word for word. 
And then there's the New King James, which is the King James written in modern English, where it takes out the these, thous, all of the old English terms. And then the New Living Translation is a balance between word for word and thought for thought. And again, I like this translation because it's easy to read, easy to understand. Then there's the New uh, International Version, which is a balance between word for word and thought for thought. I, I remember at one point in time I used to have an NIV, and, and I like that. I, I memorized a lot of scripture in the NIV, but I really preferred the uh, New Living Translation. The New American Standard Bible is a great Bible. It's more uh, word for word. And then the Amplified is word for word with additional amplification or word uh, expansion or meanings. And uh, so all of these are good translations. And uh, again, I want us to, to understand what a translation is and why it's important that we get a good Bible that we can read and understand. And I suggest a, a, a study Bible because a study Bible, um, like in mine, it has an introduction into each chapter or each book. And it, it talks about who wrote the book, when it was written, uh, who was it written to, what was going on in the time. Uh, many times it will have an outline and a timeline. Many of the Bibles today have a concordance as well where you can go back. It, it, it has hundreds of key words with Scripture references. So if you're looking for, you're thinking, where's that Scripture? For God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten Son. For God loved. Let me look up love. And so it'll have a lot of Scriptures with love. And, it'll, and you'll see one of them says John 3.16. You're like, oh, yeah, that's the one I'm looking for. So it's, it's great to have these tools. And by the way, we're teaching our children uh, how to read their Bible. We're teaching them about a concordance. We're teaching them about the study tools that are available to them so that they can study the Word of God themselves, so that they can dig into it. Uh, there's also, in many Bibles, there's a subject index which uh, will have uh, different topics. So if you want to study on faith, there's, like in my Bible, there's over 100 scriptures that you can go to that talk about faith. Or if you want to talk, uh, read about the Holy Spirit, It'll give you the scripture reference and the page number. So there's a lot of tools in these study Bibles that you can use. Uh, there's often commentary, giving insight and parallel verses to scriptures with the chapters and the verses. So if you're reading about something over here, there may be a reference to it back here that you can go and read. Uh, there are maps. There are additional study guides. So it's important that we use an accurate translation of the Bible to study and uh, one that we can understand. The Bible accurately records the history and, and uh, provides historical facts for us to go back and, and examine and read, but also gives us God's purpose and plan for our lives and uh, is a roadmap for us, gives, giving us instructions to help us navigate the challenges of life, build our relationship with Him, and help others come to this relationship as well. Because as we begin to minister to people out in the marketplace, we, be, we can, uh, God provides opportunities for us to share the Word of God, to share Scripture, and, uh, and it's great if we can help other people. And, and I don't know how many people I talked to when I was in, working in industry that would say things like, well, I, don't, I, I, I can't really understand my Bible. I don't have a good Bible that I read. I can't comprehend it. And so when, when we can help people read the Bible because it's so important to know the Word, then we can help them 
to grow in their relationship. Because what is our mission? To develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And the goal is that we become disciples who will impact the world with the love of Jesus Christ. So we need to know the Word, but also we can be teaching others the Word of God. I want to give you some examples here uh, of different translations. Uh, Again, I know this is a different teaching than than what I normally do, but I really felt like I wanted to touch on this because we've been talking so much about the Word, and I wanted to, to just emphasize the importance of getting a Bible that we can read. So in uh, John chapter 1, 1, in the King James Version, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, let's look at it in, in the New King James. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So it says the same thing. Okay, let's look at it in the New Living Translation. In the beginning, the Word already existed, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the NIV, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The New American Standard Bible, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So whenever we read it in the Amplified, we talk a little louder because it's Amplified. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God Himself. And so when we look at the different translations, many times they are exactly the same. But when, sometimes when, when we read the Amplified, I like to read that occasionally because it sort of expands the word. Again, it's, it's a translation, and it's trying to help us understand the, the context and the depth of the word that's being written to us. And we know that some other religions are teaching things that are contrary to the Bible. Many of you have experienced those religions, maybe grew up Hindu or Islam, Uh, uh, Islamic or or Buddhist or something like that. And so there are different uh, uh, religions that use their own text. But I want us to to be cautioned that uh, we make sure that we're reading the Word of God that is translated correctly. And uh, there are some churches or religions that claim to be Christian yet deviate from the original wording and intent. for instance, the Mormons place value on the Book of Mormon. They put a lot of value on that. Uh, one of the things in the, uh, well, let me say this about the Mormons too. I think that they, be, they view Jesus as God, uh, but, not, but as, they, they, view, they don't view Jesus as God, and they view Jesus as a created being. And so we just read in John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So there are different religions that will take things, and they will twist it a little bit to be off from from the truth. Uh, The Jehovah's Witness makes a significant change to their Bible in John chapter 1, verse 1. In their Bible, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God lowercase g. So that changes the whole meaning, right? When we read our Bible, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, not a God. So it's important that we understand those things, because I've, I've had uh, the opportunity to, to speak with Jehovah's Witness, and that's one of the things that I brought up, because that's critical, that Jesus is God. He's not a God, but He is God. And so it's imperative that we have an accurate translation of the word. Again, in the NLT, John 1.1, in the beginning was, 
uh, I'm sorry, in the beginning, the Word already existed, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. See, I've memorized this scripture in so many different translations, sometimes I get them confused. But anyway, the point is that Jesus is God. And if you look at the, the Jehovah's Witness, it doesn't, it doesn't imply that. And I'm, listen, I'm not here to slam other religions. I'm, that's not my intent today. My intent is that we know the truth that we're solid in the truth because there's coming a time and uh, I believe there's even a time now where people are teaching all kinds of things that are contrary to the word of God. Oh, oh, well, this lifestyle is okay or this is okay or that's okay. Well, when I go back and look at the word, it's not okay. And so we need to be careful that we're not compromising our lives and, uh, and walking into something that is not going to be good for us. Um, we need to be able to explain our position in Christ to help others understand the truth as well. Because there's a lot of confusion out there. When you have churches, when you have different people teaching different things, people are confused. Well, what, what's really right? What does the Bible really say? Because this group says this and this is this. Well, let's go back to the standard, which is the Word of God, and let's evaluate from there. I remember when I was working in industry, there was a guy that, that I worked with, and uh, his wife was Jehovah's Witness. And so we got into this thing where she was sending scriptures to me via him, and I was sending them back to her via him. And, and what I realized is that I wasn't going to change her belief. She wasn't going to change mine. And if, if you don't have the basis of the same standard, then you, you really can't debate. Because if your standard is... if if someone's standard is this and my standard is this, it's a different standard, how are you ever going to reconcile that? And so what I decided to do was just pray for her. Pray for her that the truth would be revealed and that um, through these conversations or through these uh, interactions that she would feel and experience the love of God because that's what changes people's hearts. That's what changes people's lives. Because if you know somebody that's a, a non-Christian or unchurched, they don't know the Scripture. They don't know a lot about that. But what they can recognize is love. And somebody loving them like Christ loves us and loves them. So many people believe in Jesus, but the demons from hell believe in Jesus. So when I've, when I've had conversations with people, well, I believe in Jesus. Well, okay, do you have a relationship with him? Well, I go to church. Well, do you have a relationship with the Lord? You know, so those things are really not that important. What's important is, is this relationship. And so we need to love people but avoid foolish arguments. Just love people. And if you realize that uh, somebody doesn't have the same value system or standard that you do, well, just love them. And just be a light as we go out and live it, as we live this thing out. And we demonstrate the love of Christ. Because, you know, it's like somebody said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Do we really love people? And that's why it's important that we develop this relationship, that, that we allow God to pour through our lives. God wants to do amazing things through your lives. And he's looking for people that are willing to yield. He's not looking for Bible scholars and they can quote, you know, the whole Bible. He's looking for people that love him and love one another, love the things that he loves, which is people. But the word of God 
and exposes the intentions of our heart. The Word of God gives us the, the uh, insight and, and wisdom to know how to navigate through life. It's a great example for us. So my first point this morning is find a Bible translation that you like and will actually read. My second point is take time to read and consider the Word. Take time to meditate on it. And again, we've been talking about reading the Bible on a daily basis, not from a religious or or, uh, dogmatic context, but from taking time to just read the Word. You know that sometimes you can just focus on one passage, one scripture, and say, Lord, can you speak to me through this word today? Maybe even one word. And so the Holy Spirit has a way of working in our hearts and lives. And one of the ways that he does that is through the word of God. As we read the word of God, as we ingest the word of God, as we plant the word of God in our minds. What is Jesus saying? What? What are Jesus' words and what are, what are the intent for our lives? They can be found through his word and through the Holy Spirit speaking to our hearts and lives. Psalm 1, 1 through 3 says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating it, meditating on it day and night so what are you thinking about you know one of my favorite scriptures is philippians 4 4 through 8 rejoice in the lord always i will say it again rejoice let your gentleness be evident to all for the lord is near do not be anxious about anything but in all things with thanksgiving give give praise and with thanksgiving uh, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends or surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to say, finally, think on the things that are true, righteous, ju- uh, lovely, just, those kinds of things. So what are the things that we are thinking on? What are the things that are, are, that are in our brain? Um, because, you know, we can have random thoughts. You can be looking outside and, and uh, admiring the... Uh, uh, nature and, and the things that God has created and be noticing the, the flowers on the on the bush or whatever. And, oh, look, there's a squirrel. I don't have ADD. Uh, you know, but we can be, we can be looking at those things and uh, just have random thoughts. Um, have you ever, men, maybe men, let me talk to men for a second. Have you ever been in the grocery store and you're just doing your shopping, and all of a sudden a woman walks by, and she's got body parts hanging out, and you're, 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 you're distracted now. You know, those things happen, and, and that's not a sin. Now, if we decide to go down this aisle that she's going down, all of a sudden we need something down there. You know, that's a different issue. But we get these random thoughts sometimes. But what if they're, if they're ungodly or if they don't glorify God or they're not uh, good for us, then we can, we can choose to push those things aside. The word talks about taking every thought into captivity. So are we lassoing those things that shouldn't be in our mind and throwing those out? Are we coming back to the word of God? So we can, we can be quoting the word of God to ourselves. And I'm not talking about, again, being real religious and, and just quoting scripture all the time. But what I am talking about is having the word of God within us. And that we recognize the Word of God and that we can 
quote the Word of God to ourselves, that we can share the Word of God with others. And so it's important that we meditate on the Word of God, and oftentimes we'll meditate on the things that are important to us. I bought a particular stock a few years ago. I never checked the stock market until I bought the stock. And now I'll, I'll check it two or three times a week. You know, but why? Because it's something that's important to me. So the things that are important to us will be the things that we'll be pondering and, and considering and thinking about. And, and not all those things are bad. You know, you may like bowling, and you may be thinking about bowling a 300 game. You know, that's okay. It's all right. Not everything has to be, you know, just focus on the scriptures and things like that. But realize that, that we do have random thoughts and we do have situations happen that we don't have any control over, but we can shift our focus back to the things that are edifying. And so what if, what if we spent more time meditating on the Word of God? What if we just read one scripture a day and meditated on that scripture throughout the day? Imagine that your brain is kind of like a, a vase, an empty vase. You can put all kinds of stuff in here. You could put dirt in there, right? No, we don't want dirt. You could put jelly beans in there. That'd be all right. What are we filling our mind with? Are we filling our mind with the things that are edifying to us and to others and glorify God? And so one of the ways that we do that is by reading the Word, by understanding the Word, by meditating on it, and being fed with the word of God. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. And I wanted to read this in the New King James Version too. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season. So see, when we read these, these translations say the same thing, but just a little different twist, right? And uh, so, again, I'm, I'm talking about the Word, and I'm, I'm talking about translations, but more importantly, I'm talking about what are we putting in our brain. We've talked about our soul. We're a three-part being, right? Body, soul, and spirit. Our soul being our mind, our will, our intellect, our passions, our emotions, those kinds of things. And that's where the work is, because when we come to the Lord, we, uh, our, our spirit man is, is born again, but it's our soulish realm that needs the transformation. Again, Romans 12, T. 12 to be transformed by what the renewing of your mind then you will learn to know god's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect and so as we get the word of god in our mind and as we begin to uh, live this thing out and we begin to be transformed by the renewing of our mind as god is doing that work in our hearts and lives and he's changing the way that we think no i'm not stopping at specs on the way home from work no i'm going to go home no, I'm not going to do those things because it's an inward change. As God changes our heart, then he cha our actions begin to change. And so many times we have tried to do it backwards. We've tried to change the way, you know, the, the, our actions without changing our heart. But when our heart is changed, then our actions will follow. And so God is wanting us to be like trees planted by the rivers of water that bring forth fruit in its season. Back to the NLT. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Uh, verse 3, their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. So they prosper in all they do. Again, we talked about the word of God is true. And uh, so are you being refreshed by God's word? Or has it become a ritualistic, dogmatic, 
drudgery that you're doing. But we should be refreshed when we read the Word of God. Reading and understanding the, the Bible is vital to this relationship with the Lord and in seeking God. So my first point was find a Bible translation that you like and will actually read. I know most of you do. But, you know, when we, when, when we teach on Sunday mornings, it's not just for us, but how can we be trained and equipped to go out and help other people? My second point, take the time to read and consider the Word. Meditate on it. And I'm not talking about yoga and, you know, make, mm, and all this kind of stuff. I'm talking about just meditate on the Word of God. Think about the Word of God. What is the Word of God saying to me today? Lord, what are you telling me through this Word? And then my third point is speak the Word over yourself and others. I mean, I love it. I, I don't love that we don't have a band, but I love you guys worshiping. Man, I, I just hear you singing. And when we're worshiping, when we're singing, we're proclaiming the things of God. We're reminding us ourselves of His power and His love for us or whatever that looks like. So it's really important that we proclaim the things of God because not only when we're speaking forth the Word, it, we're, it's doing something in us because we're hearing it, but there's greater things happening. It's affecting the atmosphere. I believe it's affecting the atmosphere as we begin to proclaim the things of God and come into alignment with His Word and what He says. There is power in coming into agreement with the Word of God. We proclaim the Word over our lives and situations. What's that one song? Even when I don't see it, I know that you're working. Even when I don't feel... Yeah. So even when we don't feel it, even when we don't feel like God's doing something, He's doing something. And even when we don't see it, He's doing something. And so, it's, it, as I talked about, I think, last week, Word and faith are connected together. As we believe the Word of God, we take the Word of God and we, we stand in faith. Proverbs 16.24 says, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. So are we speaking kind words to one another? Okay, we fail sometimes. <laughs> or I do. Okay, maybe you don't. But, but here's just a reminder that we would begin to speak life and blessings over one another. What are we speaking over our children? Oh, you'll never be able to do that. Son, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Are we encouraging one another? Have, have you ever had an encouraging word at the right time? Have you ever given an encouraging word at the right time? You know how powerful that is? When we just speak the word of God over people, when we're speaking life, when we're praying for someone. Oh, we hear about someone had an accident and we begin to pray, Lord God, we pray for their life. We pray for their salvation. If they don't know you, Lord God, that they would come to know you as personal Lord and Savior. Father, we pray for their healing, physical healing, emotional healing, mental healing, whatever they need, God. And we never know the power of our words and prayers, even if they don't know that we're praying for them. Because I bet there were people praying for us that we didn't know about. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Jesus is saying, if you ask for anything in my name, 
If it's according to my will, my purpose, my plan, I'm going to give it to you. But he's saying, ask. Step out in faith and ask. Believe and receive. I want to challenge us all this week to just say kind words to people. If we, if we can't say something nice, then let's just not say anything at all. And if we can't say... <laughs> If we, can't, if we can't say something nice, then let's just pray for them, okay? <laughs> but I want to encourage all of us to speak the Word of God, read the Word of God, get that in us, and then proclaim those things. Come into alignment with God's purpose, His plan, His Word for our lives and for the lives of others. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.